to be filled with the Spirit, Ephesians 5.18, is in a verb tense in the original language that means continuous replenishment and ongoing and repeated filling. It could read this way. Keep being continuously filled. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Life Talk, and thank you so much for joining us. Today, Pastor Jeff continues his exciting series, The Gift. In the book of Acts, we read about the day of Pentecost, where the Bible tells us that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. On this episode of Life Talk, Pastor Jeff begins to answer some questions that you may have about being filled with the Holy Spirit. What is the filling of the Holy Spirit? How does this filling happen? Am I filled with the Holy Spirit? And how can I know? You do not want to miss the answers. So grab your Bibles and let's go right to Pastor Jeff for today's message. Be filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk on wine. Turn your neighbors. I know that's right. But look what he says, which leads to debauchery. Instead, read it with me, be filled with the Spirit. Now, this is so good. Let's look at the NLT version and read it with me again. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Turn to the other side and say, I know that's right. Instead, what? Let the Holy Spirit fill and control you. And one more, I had to use the message. Are you ready? Here we go. Don't drink too much wine. That cheapens your life. Everybody together, we know that's right. Now, you think I'm going to preach on alcohol today, but I'm not. He says, I love this, drink the Spirit of God, great, huge draughts of Him. In other words, drink all the time, but drink the Holy Spirit drink of the Holy Spirit. Well, those are powerful verses, all right? Now, with all that's going on in our world, terrorism, massive corruption in the political sphere in Washington, when you look at the condition of America right now, you got to say the enemy has come in like a flood, not only in America, but all over the world. Bloodshed, violence, heartache, brutality, ruthlessness, all these things that we connect with, and rightly so, with the devil. Because he came to kill and steal and destroy, and that's all that he does. He lies and he kills and he steals and he destroys. And if you're walking with him, that's what you will do. If you're walking with the Lord, you'll do what he did. Now, what is the answer? Well, I believe that there can be somewhat of a solution politically, but I've learned a long time ago, don't put your eggs in that basket very much at all because people let us down all the time. People promise one thing and do another, but I know one who promises and never lets you down. I know one who never breaks his promises, and that is the Lord Jesus and God Almighty. He's a covenant God. 
And so I tell you that the real answer for what's happening is not found in flesh and blood, but it is found in the moving and in the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit like we've never needed Him before. It says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. That means a wall, a resistance against him. And so we need the moving of the Spirit today. We need the Spirit of God to move through God's people because that's who God always chooses, you. He chooses you. If my people who are called by my name, is that you? will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their own wicked ways. I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. So the answer is in God's people filled with God's Spirit, walking in God's Word, loving Jesus with nothing held back. When I look around me today then at churches, i got to tell you, I see a lot of churches that are muscle-bound with organization, but they lack the wind and the fire of the Holy Spirit. I love churches. I love pastors. But you can be so organizational that you're muscle-bound and can't move. We need with organization, and Jesus was organized. When Jesus fed the 5,000 with the fish and the loaves, he broke them up into groups. He organized them. And then he gave every disciple, every one of his apostles, bread and fish to pass out, and they passed them out to an organized group, and in the midst of organization, a miracle broke forth. So organization with the wind and the fire of the Holy Ghost is what we need. In fact, it seems to me that a lot of churches are also fat and out of shape and out of breath. They have all that they need materially, but they lack the wind and the fire of the Holy Spirit. May God's Holy Spirit blow across America and blow across churches and fill us once again with a fresh fire from the Spirit of God. I'm praying for a move of God across America. That's the only answer for America. It will be not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord that America and the world is turned around by the mighty move of God. It seems to me that the average Christian and the average church, if you were just to go up to people that have been in church today and say, and just talk to them for a little bit, here's what I tend to find, people that are bogged down somewhere between Calvary and Pentecost. We've been to the cross and we've been pardoned, but we haven't been to Pentecost for the power. I thank God for the pardon. I wouldn't be standing up here without pardon. Thank God for the blood of the Lamb that clears our conscience and that opens us up to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But once we've been to Calvary and been pardoned, we need to go to Pentecost for the power. He gave pardon and He gave power. If you know that's true, give Him a hand. I know it's true. I'm a debtor to the Holy Spirit. I'm a debtor to Jesus on the cross, no doubt about it. He pardoned me, and it was just an unbelievable experience when I was saved, sitting in juvenile home as a 16-year-old kid headed towards prison where I never went. But I was one hair's breadth away, and he saved me. He pardoned me. But I didn't know anything about the Word of God. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't had no teaching. I was raised in paganism, not Christianity. We weren't raised in church. I didn't know that I needed that power. And two years later, I went from Calvary to Pentecost. And I experienced the power of the Holy Ghost. 
And when I experienced the power of the Holy Ghost, that's what turned my life around completely, revolutionized my life, and it's what got me behind a pulpit like this, the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm a debtor to the Holy Spirit. How many times has He strengthened me when I was down? How many times has He comforted me when I was disturbed? How many times has He guided me when I didn't know which way to go? How many times has He picked me up and dusted me off and filled me with fresh vision and fresh power and fresh hope and fresh life? Listen, we need the Holy Ghost like we need oxygen. The Holy Spirit is spiritual oxygen. Now, some questions always come up when you're talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. When I say the phrase, the filling of the Holy Spirit, a lot of things run through a lot of different people's minds. What is the filling of the Spirit, some wonder? What does it even mean? How does it happen? How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? How does it happen? Because tell you the truth, Jeff, I don't know that it's ever happened to me. Some of you are thinking that. And you wonder why others seem to be more zealous and more turned on than you feel. And you wish you could feel that way. And so you're kind of wondering. Most of all, we say, am I filled with the Spirit? Me. Am I filled with the Spirit? And how do I know if I'm filled with the Spirit? One day as Jesus was talking to his disciples about the Holy Spirit, which he did a lot, Jesus talked a lot about the Holy Spirit. And one day as he was talking about the Holy Spirit, here's what he said to them. This is very telling. Watch this. I will ask the Father, he said, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because the world's not even looking for him because they don't recognize him because they don't know Jesus who gives the Holy Spirit. But you know him. Now watch what he says, for he dwells with you, but he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. He said, I'm not going to leave you alone to battle the world, the flesh, and the devil. He said in another place, it's to your advantage, as the screen just showed, it's to your advantage that I go away, because if I don't go away, he doesn't come. But if I go away, I will send him to you. And you need him more than you know you need him. I will send him to you. And he's been with you, he says to the disciples. This is pre-cross, pre-resurrection. He says, he's been with you, but disciples of mine, the day is going to come when he's in you. He's in you. Now, what did he mean, he's been with you? He's been with you, but he's going to be in you. Well, watch this. The disciples had seen the miracles Jesus performed by the Spirit over and over. To walk with Jesus was to walk with a walking miracle. And he did miracles everywhere that he went. So they knew this was by the Spirit. They saw the Spirit's activity, so he was with them. They saw the Spirit's presence resting on the Savior 24-7. The Spirit always rested on the Savior. They could see that He was filled with grace and truth. And had they not witnessed the Spirit descending upon Him in the form of a dove visually in a vision at His water baptism, the Spirit had been with them. They'd been around Him, near Him. They had been touched by Him, moved by Him. But Jesus said, When I go to the cross and die for your sins, and when I'm resurrected, I'm going to send him to you, and it's going to go from him being with you to being in you. In you. And that happened on the church's birthday on the day of Pentecost. 
That's the church's birthday. Happy birthday on the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost is the church's birthday. That's when the church was filled with the Holy Spirit. It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Now, I want to look at three key truths about being filled with the Spirit because I'm praying that our church gets filled like never before. I want to just confess to you, I need Him. Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome in this place. You need Him. You're not going to make it without Him. We need Him every hour of every day. He was given for a reason. So let me give you three key truths about being filled with the Holy Spirit. First one, the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit is not a one-time event. It's not a one-time event. This morning I got up, and as I always do, I went and got uh, my Bible, and, and what else did I get? See how well my church knows me. I went and got coffee, which God made on the eighth day. And he said, it is good. Now, what if I had gotten a cup of coffee and drank it and said, wow, that was great. That ought to carry me the rest of my life. Thank God that's not true. Because as soon as church is over, I'm going to fill my cup again. And I'll fill it up again before the day is out. And tomorrow morning, I'm going to fill it again. In other words... Just because you have a drink once doesn't mean that's supposed to be your last drink. It's that way with the Holy Spirit. It's that way with the Holy Spirit. Let me go back to the beginning of the church for a moment. The church of Jesus Christ's birthday, as I said, was on the day of Pentecost. The Bible records, let me read it again because it's so powerful. And what happened, we have to use our sanctified imaginations because here's 120 primarily blue-collar workers Mary, the mother of Jesus, was up in that upper room. Peter, James, John were in that upper room. Peter, who had denied the Lord and failed so abysmally, was in that upper room. They had been cowering. They had been hiding. They had been behind locked doors. They were timid. They were afraid. They were anything but bold. But they were in the upper room because Jesus said, don't you dare go out and minister in my name until... What I have promised is poured out on you from on high because you'll not make it 10 feet down the road in ministry unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And so they're in the upper room. The Bible says they had an extended prayer meeting, and suddenly there was an audio manifestation of the Spirit of God. There were no speakers, no microphones. They didn't exist. Suddenly there was a sound like a rushing mighty wind that blew through that upper room. Their hair wasn't being blown. Their clothes weren't being blown. It was a sound. So God decided that the coming of the Holy Spirit would be signaled and represented by what we know to be a wind that has force and power. And then they only had an audio manifestation, but a visual manifestation, because over every one of the 120 heads, They saw a flame of fire. So the Holy Ghost was manifested by wind that moves in power and fire that consumes. Wow. And the Bible says everybody there, all of them, Mary, the mother of Jesus, all of them, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, let me just pluck one word from there, filled, because that's what I'm talking about today, filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, that's exactly the same word, of course, as in Ephesians 5.18. Be filled with the Spirit. They were filled with the Spirit. 
So they were filled in Acts 2. He's telling them, be filled in Ephesians 5. They were filled, be filled. Filled means to the maximum. It means to the limit. It means maxed out. Like a glass can be filled with water all the way up to the top where you couldn't put one more thimble full of water in that cup because it is totally and completely filled to the point of overflowing. David described it this way. You anoint my head with oil. Oil in the Old Testament represented the Holy Spirit. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. So he's comparing his soul to a cup, to a glass, to a receptacle that is at first empty but then filled. You don't fill a hose with water. A hose is a conduit, not a receptacle. Water flows through a hose, but you don't look at a hose and say, fill it with water. You look at a hose and say, run water through it. A glass you look at and you say, fill it with water. And you can't fill it unless it's first empty. You can't fill something that's already full. They were filled with the Holy Spirit because they weren't full of the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit because their souls had not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now let me go into a little bit of theology with you. When Adam fell, one of the things that happened that was so tragic, so devastating with the fall of Adam and Eve is the Holy Spirit who was dwelling in Adam and Eve. I believe Adam and Eve glowed with the power of God. I believe they glowed. I believe if they came walking up to you in the dark, they looked like two great big fireflies. They were filled with the Shekinah glory of God. No shadow of sin had crossed between them and God. He talked with them and walked with them casually, conversationally, relationally. But when they sinned, one of the things that happened is the Holy Spirit was removed and they became fallen. The first Adam lost the presence of the Holy Spirit. They were driven from the Garden of Eden, the place of blessing, the place of paradise. They lost it all when they sinned because sin always subtracts and God always multiplies. And they lost the blessing. They lost the presence. And so what Adam bequeathed to us, the human race, is when we're born once, born the first time, when we are born from our mother's womb, we're born absent the Holy Spirit. We're born with an empty soul. We're born with an empty soul. Why do you think people want to get involved with drugs and alcohol and one relationship after another, after another, after another, because we know there's an emptiness. We don't know what it is. We wish we could put our finger on it, but being in the dark and being fallen and having our minds blinded, we don't know what we're dealing with. But the reason people kill themselves with drugs and saturate their lives with the tragedy of alcohol and do all these things is because something is empty and we don't know what, but I'm trying to fill that empty receptacle. And that's why the second Adam came, and that's why a part of what he did was to restore to us the presence that we lost. And so the day of Pentecost had to happen because when the Holy Ghost was removed, when man fell, now he's restored by the second Adam who restored to us what the first Adam had done, what he had taken away, what was lost. And so I can remember when the Spirit of God filled my heart I was like a young man that had been walking through a dry desert. My mouth was parched. I was dying. I was searching. I was looking. I was just about dead. I was beat up to a pulp by a sinful life. And what I was looking for and didn't know it was what 
Jesus gave to me when I came to him, and that was the Holy Spirit. And when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, it was like my soul said, home, home, you're home. You have found home. You're back. This is home. This is what God made you to walk in. A glass is a receptacle. It's made to be filled, and so is your soul. And if it can be filled, it can be emptied. Please understand that. If it can be filled, it can be emptied. If your soul can be filled with the Holy Spirit, just like a glass of water, you drink that glass of water, it goes from full to empty. And when you are filled with the Spirit of God, that's not enough one time because it's going to be emptied. Life is going to empty it. Struggles are going to empty it. Weariness is going to empty it. Battles with the devil is going to empty it. People's betrayals are going to empty it. Life is just going to take its toll, and you're going to need to be refilled because you're just like a glass that needs to be refilled over and over again daily. We are receptacles that are filled, then emptied out, then filled again. Hence the command in Ephesians 5.18 to be continuously, repeatedly, daily filled with the Spirit. The command to be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians 5.18 is in a verb tense in the original language that means a continuous replenishment and ongoing and repeated filling. It could read this way, go on being filled. Or another translation, keep being continuously filled. Can you say that with me today? Keep being continuously filled. That's good. When was the last time you were filled? I mean filled. I mean where you were filled where you couldn't take it anymore. I mean where you were filled with the Spirit that you wanted to laugh out loud and you didn't drag into church, you skipped into church. See, that's what makes good church. When you've been with the Lord all week long and you got filled on Monday and then you got filled again on Tuesday and then you did it again on Wednesday and then you went back to the well on Thursday and then you went back again on Friday and then you dipped into the well again on Saturday so that when Sunday comes, we all come in here and we explode because we're already filled with the Spirit of God. In Acts 4.24, the disciples raised their voices and prayed to God. And I would like to pray that prayer over you today. Sovereign Lord, consider the world's threats and dangers against your people. And enable your servants, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, give us great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Amen. I believe that our Father in Heaven heard our prayer today and that the Holy Spirit in you is active and powerful to perform God's Word. Well, that's it for now. We hope you've enjoyed the message. But remember this today. The Holy Spirit will be with you and live in you wherever you are and wherever you go. Join us on the next Life Talk program as Pastor Jeff continues with Part 2 of the message, Be Filled with the Spirit. Until then, may God's rich blessings be yours. Be Filled with the Spirit is the third message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Gift. You can own a copy of this six-CD set for just $30 plus shipping. 
Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Gift, for only $30 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. Now you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. So call now, toll free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.